What's up, Shoreline City? Good to see you today. Good to see you. you guys feeling good or what? It's going to be a good day. Hey, uh, you get your name tag when you came in? If you didn't get one, we still love you. You probably just slipped in past one of our hosts here. But a little something we're doing today since we've got Connect Group Sunday. Hey, we've got a creed we do here every week, Shoreline City. This creed gives you a snapshot of what we believe, what we're about as a church family. So we're all going to say this together on the count of three. You guys ready? One, two, three. I am loved by God. I cannot earn it. I cannot lose it. In Christ, I am forgiven and made brand new. I live with passion and purpose. I am empowered by the Spirit to be the church in the world and to live for the glory of God. Hey, we are one church, five locations, and all of us are together today. Can we, at all of our locations, clap for everyone? I'm so incredibly excited about today. We've got Mockingbird Station, which is fantastic. We've got North Dallas. We've got Bishop Arts, Oak Cliff. We've got White Rock and Antigua, Guatemala. I am thrilled about what's on the horizon. Just for the record, and I need you guys to be praying for this, this upcoming week in Antigua, well, actually in Guatemala City, we're having our very first Cultivate Women's Conference down there this week. So I want all of our locations praying for that. Onika and I will head down on Wednesday along with a number of the team uh, here. Uh, we've got rehearsal, I think, on Wednesday night. And then Thursday we'll have the conference. It's going to be so much fun. Uh, I am not fluent in Spanish at all. Uh, so uh, we'll have some interpreters down there. But we're going to do a ton of it, most of it, all in Spanish. So it'll be a new muscle that we'll be stretching uh, as a church family. Really, really excited about it. But be praying that this upcoming Thursday, Thursday night, the women in uh, Guatemala City experienced the love and the transformational power of Jesus Christ in amazing ways. Uh, as I said, today is Connect Group Sunday, okay? Connect Group Sunday in all of our locations. So I got a bunch of people up here with me uh, looking like a Connect Group, okay? That's who they are. They look, you guys look like an amazing Connect Group as well. Uh, so the title of today's message is The Constitution of Connection. The Constitution of Connection. Uh, I have a passage of scripture I want us to look at. Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. It's the beginning of your Bible. If you see anything in red, you are in the wrong spot. Genesis chapter 2. We're going to read verses 19 through 25. It says, Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib. He had taken, that word made is built. He like built a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man. And he brought her to the man. The man said, dang, Gina. It's right there. It's right there. Now this is, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. 
That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Um, every time I get out of the closet, I, I, I tell you guys I come with a little bit of fear uh, because my wife is very stylish, okay? She's been stylish, uh, I mean, since before I ever knew her. Uh, I, I, I'm not. I'm not a stylish individual. Uh, as a matter of fact, Onika almost didn't want to date me uh, because, because I was what she called a jock, okay? I was an athlete, so I'm, I would just wear sweats all the time. And she was like, wait, wait, no, 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 no. I cannot go for a guy like that. But the Lord moved on her heart, <laughs> opened up her eyes, <laughs> And now, now she and I are, you know, living happily ever after. But I, I get dressed in the morning. Matter of fact, even this morning, I, I had on different shoes. This morning, I had on different shoes. And I came out, and she goes, oh. Oh, the, the, you, you, look, you look nice. You look nice. And I'm like, wait, what, what, what? Husbands, you know how wives do, right? But what, what, what? Uh, well, I, I just thought you look a little fresher. You look a little fresher with some, uh, with, with your blazers on. I said, oh, oh, oh. Okay, so, you know, I just sheepishly go back and change my, change my shoes. We, we all, we all have, a, have a style, whether, whether you know it or not. Uh, in America, I did a little bit of research. Uh, there's about $161 a month that people spend on clothes, uh, on average. Uh, now, I, I looked at a number of different, you know, websites. You know, Google is basically the one that tells us everything. And I'm looking all over trying to find out, hey, how, how much do we spend on clothes? And, and one of the, the estimates I came up with, it's over $600 billion that we spend on clothes every year. That's just in America. Over $600 billion. Now, I know it's, 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 it's crossed over. It's not a trillion, but, but it's, it's, it's pushing that direction. And individuals going to Target or going to Marshalls or going to, I don't know, Neiman Marcus or, or going to Nordstrom, going to all these different places, trying to find something to cover us up, trying to find something that will, that will make an announcement about who we are to the world, let you know, hey, I, I, I'm stylish. Hey, I'm a hipster. Hey, I don't care. I don't care. I'm one of those. I don't I don't care. I don't care. You know, it's a style. It's a style. And all of us are trying to say something, or, or a lot of us are trying to say something with what we wear or what we don't wear. And you and I make judgments about people based on what they wear or what they don't wear. We, we put them in certain boxes based on the clothes that they have on or, or don't have on. And, and all, of, all of us do this, but, but this is a lot of money spent uncovering it's a lot of money spent on on us saying I don't want you to see certain parts of me and even when you have a certain amount of confidence you know uh you will you you'll, you'll show off different parts right you know if you got good arms good legs you know you know but but if you don't feel like you've got something good Man, things get baggier, things get covered up. It, it, it's just, it's the way it is. So here in this passage of scripture, we see Adam and we see Eve. And 
they have this moment where they meet for the first time. The Bible says they were, they were naked and they felt no shame. They were naked and they felt no shame. Naked is an announcement about their physical, but no shame. That's an announcement about their emotional and spiritual and, and mental state. No shame doesn't have anything to do with, with what they're wearing. That, that was the naked piece. But, but this other part of, hey, hey, you don't have anything that you're hiding. You don't have anything that you're trying to cover up. You don't have any secrets. You don't have anything that you're trying to push to the back or, or, or you're trying to do some kind of smoke screen or trying to make people think a certain thing. No, no, you just, when you have no shame, it's just, ah, here I am. This is who I am. This is what I'm about. This is where I'm going. I'm not perfect, but hey, naked and felt no What would it be like to live with no shame? I mean, what, what would it be like if, if, if you didn't care what everybody said about you? What, what would it be like to be in a, a place emotionally, spiritually? You didn't feel like you were performing for everyone all the time. I mean, you know, it's your job. You, you better perform. If not, you won't have one. That's the way the world works, right? You can't be like, well, no, I love Jesus. <laughs> we don't care. Bye. You're not doing good. <laughs> you got to perform. You, you, you got to show up. If, if you're on a basketball team, if you're on a, a, a field hockey team, if you're on a whatever, you, you got to show up. You got to deliver. We live in a world where, where you need to deliver. You need to show up. You need to do a good job. And if you don't, we're going to find somebody else who can. That's the type of world that we live in. And you and I end up carrying and putting on us this shame that I don't measure up to you. And I don't measure up to you. And I don't measure up to you. And why they pick me. And if they really knew who I was, then they, they wouldn't want me here. And matter of fact, that's that's the reason I'm not going to serve. That's the reason I'm not going to get involved in church. That's the reason I'm not going to be in relationship. That's the reason I'm not going to pour myself into somebody else because I, I just feel too much shame. But there's a moment, there's a moment that comes where clothes are introduced into the equation. Genesis chapter 3, Genesis chapter 3, verses 6 and 7 says this. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave, it, gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. So, again, Adam is standing right there while all of this is going on between Eve and the serpent. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized, they realized, they realized they were naked. So what do they do? They sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. They realized they were naked, so they went to cover. Look at this, verse number 8. Then the man and, and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they, what? what's the word? They, they hid they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? 
Where are you? I think maybe God is asking some of us that same question today. Where are you? Where are, it's not that God does not know where they are. He's asking this question to, to pull on them. Maybe he's asking you the same question today. Where are you? Where, where are you here? Where are you here? Where are you? Where are you? Because I know you're in the room. I know you're in the room. I know you're, you're at Mockingbird at North Dallas or at White Rock. I know you're at Oak Cliff. I know you're in the room. But where, where are you? Where are you? Where do you think you're supposed to be? Because right now I feel like you're hiding. 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 Where are you? Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid. Because I saw I was naked. So I hid. Their eyes are open. The devil told them, hey, when you, when, you, uh, when you eat this fruit, your eyes are going to be opened. They thought they were gaining something. They were losing something. They were losing their innocence. Uh, I, I try to, we try to tell our, our oldest son this. You know, he's 15 now in this world. Man, it's crazy. Man, it's crazy. I'm like, dang, on. The things that, uh, and I, I don't want to sound old here, but it's just a new day. It's just different growing up. I, I didn't have to deal with the same things that, that my son is dealing with as young as he has to deal with them. It's just things weren't as accessible when I was growing up as they are nowadays. It's just a different day, and it's happening faster and faster and faster and faster. And the enemy in this world will tell you, hey, you're going to gain something. You're going to gain something by eating all this fruit here. You're going to gain something. But you don't really gain much at all. You lose innocence. You lose part of your soul. You lose part of your purity. And yes, by the grace of God, man, he redeems and he restores. And we're thankful that we have a Savior that is bigger than our past and our shortcomings. But man, I, I'm just saying, Parker, you don't have to lose some stuff. You don't have to believe the lies of the enemy because, my friend, I'm telling you, once you begin to eat that sin, once you begin to go the, the direction that God does not want you to go, the devil and the world will promise you that you will be better. But I'm telling you, you will find yourself hiding from the very God that made you. You'll find yourself hiding from the people who love you the most. You cover. That's what you do. You cover. So uh, in America, we, uh, we love, we love our rights. We love them. I know my rights. We love them. And it's good. It's good. I'm, I'm glad we live in a free country. I, I, I like this about America. I, I, li I like this. Uh, we even have something called the Bill of Rights. Uh, we wrote them out. He, here, here are our rights. And laced all throughout the Bill of Rights is this idea of our right to privacy, a right to privacy. And I think this right to privacy, you ever see somebody, you ever see a TV show or a movie, and they're like, I plead the fifth. 
I plead the fifth. I plead, it's like, hey, I, I don't have to tell you anything because I might incriminate myself. I'm not going to tell you anything. I plead the fifth. I plead the fifth. And, and a lot of us are living our lives like this as well. I plead the fifth. I know my rights. I got my right to privacy. I got my right to keep my business to me. I've got my right to privacy. And I, I'm telling you, this has crept into the church and it has made us not look the way God wants us to look. It has caused us to hide from each other. It has caused us to sow fig leaves together. It has caused us to put protective shelves around each other. As a matter of fact, I, I read a quote. I think it's from a book called Jesus Style, and, and the quote goes like this. The right to privacy thinking has turned the body of Christ into a group of private individuals who meet together in protective shelves. That's what, it, that's what it's turned us into. So I'm going to come to church, but I got a shell around me. I've got a protective shell, and you can't get in. I'm not letting you in. I'm, I'm keeping you out. Because the last time I let somebody else in, man, they cut me, and they burned me, and, and they hurt me, and they, and, and they, and they, they didn't do right by me. So what I'm going to do is I'm, I, I've got my rights. My right is I'll just go to church, but I don't need connection. I don't need intimacy. I don't need friendship. I don't need a family. I just need somebody to make me feel good on the weekends. And if I can't make it, I'll just catch it online. But I'm not interested in community. I'm just interested in me feeling better about myself. And that's not what Jesus designed, my friends. That's not what he died for. He did not die for church attendance. He died for a body. He died for family. He died for a community to come together that would be his representatives in the world. And it's very different than just showing up and sitting together in church. It's, one, it's beautiful. It's beautiful to sit together. I love it. I love when we're in the room and we're singing songs together. And we're like, yes. And we're singing Waymaker. And you're like, man, I never heard this. And I, I can't believe I'm singing this song. I met a lady at the gym yesterday. I'm standing there playing basketball with Parker. I'm still sore right now, but I'm playing, uh, getting ready to play basketball. And a lady comes up to me. She goes, oh, my goodness. Wait, are you? Are you Father Earl? Are you Father Earl? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm Father, yeah, I'm Father Earl. She was trying to find the right word. She was trying to find the right word. I, never, I said, well, you can totally call me Father. It, it, people call me Pastor, but you don't have to call me that. My name is just Earl. Hey, hey, my name is, oh, it's blank. It's Earl. It's Earl. I got to write that in. My name is Earl. But, but she, she's grown up Catholic her whole life. Her whole life, she's like, God, my, my, my family invited me to the church, and I come, and, man, I'm about to start crying now because I hear the music, and I, prayed, I played the organ in my church for years, but I hear the music, I just start crying, and I hear you speak, and I start crying, and I don't know, I just love coming, and I love it, I love it. And I'm like, man, we love you being here. Keep on coming. You know, you're just kind of new on that journey of understanding what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm just so excited about it. It's beautiful to be in a space like this. You don't get that just sitting in a house all by yourself. You got to be around some other believers believers that are singing loud and lifting their hands and and hosted standing at doors it helps it pushes us forward but with all of that all of that being said my friends 
we can become so accustomed to sitting shoulder to shoulder that we don't ever sit face to face. And if you don't sit face to face, you're just not going to be able to be all that God has called you to be. Kobe Bryant even, I, I got a quote from Kobe, just to help y'all, just to help you, because I know some of y'all like the Bible's not enough. Need to hear from Kobe. It's fine wherever you're at on your spiritual journey. Kobe put it like this, you can do some phenomenal things individually, but they'll never reach their full potential unless you do them collectively. Heard this powerful podcast, uh, Kobe Bryant was being interviewed by, by this guy, and I heard, I paused it, and had to, I had to write that down. You'll do some phenomenal things individually, you will, but they will never reach their full potential unless you do them collectively. You have to be willing. You and I are going to have to be willing to connect, to open up, and to not hide from each other. I, um, as I was saying, it's Connect Group uh, launch Sunday. And since it's Connect Group uh, launch Sunday, I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you to every Connect Group leader at every one, at one of our locations. I'm so incredibly proud of you. And I, I want to talk to the Connect Group leaders for just a second. I'm talking to the Connect Group leaders, but I'm really talking to all of you because one day uh, when our church continues to grow and grow, I'll need all of you to be Connect Group leaders, okay? So just get ready. Yeah, I'm talking to you. One of the things, one of the, I'm just going to go through. Now, these principles here that I'm going to share with Connect Group leaders are actually good for you at your job. They're good for you with your family, good for you and your friendships. They're good for any, anything. These are just some principles I just want to give to you that's going to push you forward. Number one, leaders go first. Okay, leaders go first. Leaders go first. You got to remember this. Leaders go first. If you want to be the leader, oh, I want to lead. I want to lead. Leaders go first. So I, I need you to understand. I need you to be the ones to go first in vulnerability. I need you to go first. I don't need connect group leaders that are ready to preach. No, 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 no. Don't need you to preach. I don't need you to preach. I need you to be willing to be the one that, that takes off your mask first. I need you to be the one to say, hey, I've been sewing fig leaves for years. Hey, you see this house that I'm in? I can't even afford it. <laughs> Matter of fact, we're not going to have Connect Group here next week. It's being foreclosed on. <laughs> Don't be that real. Okay, let us know. Let us know. So we can, we can help. We can help. <laughs> no, I, I, honestly, uh, how many of us are living prop lives? Right? I mean, how, how many of us are, are, are living lives that we're, we're trying to impress individuals and we're like, man, if, if I were honest with you, I don't have the energy, I don't have the time, and I don't have the money to try to keep up with who I'm trying to keep up with. And I, I'm praying that we can be a people that will go, hey, I'm, I'm tired of trying to keep up with every single, per every Instagram post, every perfect mom, every perfect dad, every perfect single person. I, I don't even have the time or the energy to be able to do it. I'm going to need someone, I'm going to need someone to be willing to take off some masks, someone to be willing to untie these fig leaves, someone that's willing to say, hey, I've messed up, but the grace of God has carried me this far, and because he's brought me this far, he can do the same thing in your life. Leaders, go first. I need you to go first. I need you to be the ones that are willing to lay down your life. This is why I tell on myself as much as I possibly can. I'm trying to let you know, even though you're a pastor, it, 
pastor doesn't mean, I don't even know, I guess I am one, so I don't know why I'm doing quotations. <laughs> As if that's a fake thing. Even though you're a whatever, at the end of the day, you and I are sons and daughters of God in need of his grace and his life and his power. And that's the thing that's sustaining every single one of us. Leaders go first. Here's another principle. Progress over, uh, progress over perfection. Progress over perfection. Progress over perfection. Stop, stop, being, stop being paralyzed because you're trying to be perfect. Just take a step forward. Take a step forward. Take a step forward. Take a step forward. I, 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 somebody asked me, uh, okay, what do you think about this person? They're over here, and they're like, they're like they've got all this crazy stuff going on in their life, and they don't, they don't make great choices, and you got this other person over here that seems to be more like Christ, and I look at those two individuals, and I'm like, okay, I, 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 I see the difference in behavior. I, I understand that. I see maybe even the difference in maybe some motivation, um, but my question is, which direction are they going? Because I know some people that look a lot like Jesus right now, but are turned the wrong direction, and they're headed down a way of pride. They're headed down a way of selfishness. They're headed down a, a path that leads to destruction where you might look at this other person that everybody might say is a sinner, but they're pointed the direction of the cross. They're pointed the direction of surrender. They're pointing the direction of hope in Jesus. So I'm not so wrapped up in your behavior. I'm, I'm wrapped up in what, what direction are you headed? Where's your heart pointed? And I want all of us to have progr uh, progression moving forward over perfection. My friends, you do not need to be perfect. Connect group leaders, you don't need to be perfect. You don't have to have it all together. But what direction is your heart pointed? Progress over perfection. Big people make other people feel like big people. <laughs> they just have a way. Just have a way. When you get around them, uh, I'm here in, the, in our White Rock Auditorium right now, and uh, uh, Tiffany Larkham is, is in the second row. She serves on our, in our bigs team, and she, she's awesome. If you ever, ever uh, met her, she just smiles. I mean, smile, 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 smile. It's so life-giving. If you're ever feeling bad, look her up on Instagram. <laughs> Tiffany Larkham. And, uh, and if you're a man of God and you got a good job and you're willing to get through me, I'd be willing to let you talk to her, okay? Is that okay, Tiffany? Yes, okay, she gave me a thumbs up. That's all she was going to do because she just smiles and gives thumbs ups. <laughs> so, so my, my friends, I, I, I love being around her. Our family loves being around her. She's big on the inside. So since she's big on the inside, she has no problem with you being big. She has no problem with you becoming all that you're supposed to be. She has no problem with you shining because she's big. But when you're average or you're small-minded, you are interested in trying to pull everybody else down so that you can make yourself look big when you know you're not really big. 
So when I'm talking to our Connect Group leaders, I don't need you to bring people into your home or into that coffee shop and for you to try to push other people down. I need you to be as big as possible. I need you to be satisfied and settled in who God made you to be. Like you're a son and daughter of God. Your identity is found in Jesus. The word of God has shaped you and molded you. So because of that, anyone can come into our world and you being awesome does not diminish my awesomeness. As a matter of fact, it just reminds me of the goodness and the grace of God. That is what big people do. With this being said, I just I want I want to throw this out too. Um, for Connect Group leaders, yes, we got going to have them for the church, but you can do this at your job. Nobody says you can't for your lunch break. Say hey, talk to a couple coworkers. Like hey, I'm, I'm just going to be trying to get better. I'm going to try to move forward. Progress over, over perfection. I'm just going to try to get better. Anybody that wants to meet with me here in the break room for 45 minutes uh, every Wednesday, we're just going to be growing and getting better. I heard one guy, he, he actually brings his team together, and they watch our every Wednesday leadership message that we do for all of our serve team, and he does this at his office, and he brings them together. And I know we're talking about Jesus, but, but he somehow figures out a way to make it about leadership and bring it into the marketplace. My friends, I'm just telling you, you don't think so small. Open your mind up. You're called to be the church in the world. You're not called to be the church in the church. I need you to be the church in the world. We, we've got uh, on the horizon, uh, we just had Orchid uh, this past week, which was phenomenal. I mean, thank you, ladies, for showing up. I want to apologize for those of you who we had in the cold uh, for Mm, a little while uh, because the building was already packed. We're trying to figure out a way to stuff everyone in here. Uh, I don't know what we're going to do at our next Orchid. We will figure out something. It'll be warm by that time, so maybe we'll have, you know, lemonade and tea outside, so at least it can be a little bit more enjoyable. Uh, but ladies, well done showing up. I pray that your heart was encouraged. I, I was in the first service, and man, I was pushed forward in my walk with God. We also have men's master classes that are on the horizon as well. In the last Wednesday of every month, we're going to be meeting uh, here at our White Rock location, and then we're going to be just developing and growing as men. I just want to make, put a mandate on every single man in our church. I want to encourage you to be here. If you want to understand what it means to be a man in this generation, we are going to empower you and help you and mold you, and not by we, I mean all of us together are going to link arms, and we're going to sharpen each other and be the men that God has called us to be. With all of this being said, friends, I, I want to propose, I want to pr propose some amendments, if you will, to our Bill of Rights, our right to privacy. I just, I, I want to throw out some things that I, that I pray you and I would, would take on as truths. Here's the first one. I'm going to run through them real quick. Here's the first one. We don't want your figs. We want your friendship. Okay? We don't want your figs. We want your friendship. We don't want... We don't want the Instagram version of you. We don't want that. Now, we'll, we'll take you. If that's, what, that's all you can give right now, then we'll take you. But I, I know on Instagram, you're always done up perfectly. But you're okay to be in this community with your makeup off. You don't have to cover. You don't have to cover up. You don't have to hide. You do not have to be this certain thing in order to be here. 
As a matter of fact, you can even belong before you believe. I find it fascinating that in the New Testament, Jesus is surrounded by sinners all the time. All the time. They're around him. And it's religious people that are upset that he's surrounded by sinners. And Jesus says, uh, the well don't need a physician. It's the sick that need a physician. I didn't come for well people. I came for sick people. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that Jesus came for sick people. Because I feel like that's me. I feel like I'm in need of a savior. That's first and foremost. We don't want your figs. We want your friendship. Secondly, uh, the golden rule. Uh, you, you've heard it in Matthew chapter 7, verse number 12. It comes right from the Bible. Maybe you just heard golden rule. But, but it comes from the Bible. And, and this golden rule is essentially treat people the way you want them to treat you. Now, when you and I read this in the context of our Bill of Rights, I think we have inserted some things into that text that aren't supposed to be inserted into it. By that I mean, we say, well, I don't want anybody to bother me. I won't bother anybody else. I don't want anybody in my business. I'm not going to be in anybody else's business. And that's not what Jesus is saying here. When he's sharing this verse, these words, they are in the Sermon on the Mount. When he's talking about serving and sacrifice and giving and loving and living for the glory of God. It's all in the context of the kingdom of God moving forward. It's not in the context of you and I hiding out in our apartments and our homes. So treat people the way you want to be treated. Meaning lay down your life for them. Like Jesus laid down his life for you. I, I wish I could finish and dig into that even more. But let me just give you this last one. Well, it comes from James chapter 5, verse number 16. And, and here's, what, here's what the scriptures say. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful. And effective. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. I heard one pastor put it this way forgiveness comes from God, but healing comes from others. That's not to say healing doesn't come from God, of course it does. But but the scripture here is teaching us there's something about confession. There's something about me saying, let me, let me take this off. I did it. This is what I'm struggling with. This is who I feel I am right now. And when you are in a family of believers that believe the word of God and will remind you of who you are in Jesus, they will talk to you about how you are a new creation in Christ Jesus, that the old is gone and the new is here. That's what they'll do for you. 
We talked about last week, this is the year of release. This is the year we're going to see God take us to whole new levels. We saw that. I believe it with all of my heart. I wonder, I wonder, maybe, just maybe, your level of release and my level of release is connected to our level of confession and connection with those around us. Maybe you will only be released to the level that you're willing to get rid of your mask. Maybe you'll only be released to the level that you're willing to open up your heart. Maybe you're only going to be released to the level that you're willing to say, this is who I feel I am right now, but I need the grace of God to flood me and to fill me and to make me to the man or woman he destined for me to be. Maybe, just maybe, all that release, all the new levels are connected to our level of confession and connection with each other. This is the constitution of connection. I want us to go to another level, and I want us to be willing to hop on the app or get online or do whatever we need to do to find a group, to be in a group, to lead a group, so we can be a church that doesn't just, just sit shoulder to shoulder, but sits face to face. If you're in mind at all of our locations, bow your head for just a moment. If you're under the sound of my voice, and you've never given your heart and your life to Christ. You never made him number one. You never made him the boss of your life. You never put him in charge of your life. But you're under the sound of my voice today saying you don't want to go your own way anymore. You want to go his way. You don't want to be first. You want him to be first. You're saying you don't want to be in the driver's seat of your car. You want Jesus Christ to be in the driver's seat of your car. So whether you're sitting in the balcony or on the floor, whether you are at Mockingbird, whether you're at Oak Cliff, North Dallas, or Antigua, maybe even watching online, this is your moment to say, I don't want to go my own way anymore. I want to go his way. On the count of three, I want you to do something simple but something bold. I literally want you to throw your hand in the air and say, yes, that's me. I want to give my heart and my life to Christ. Ready? One, two, three. Just throw your hand in the air at all of our locations. Yep, you're saying, yep, that's me. That's me. I want to give my heart, my life to Jesus. I don't want to go my own way anymore. I want to go his way. It's a moment of surrender. It's a moment of a brand new beginning, a moment of a fresh start. I'm going to ask everyone to do me a favor. Put your hand over your heart if you would not mind, every person, under the sound of my voice. And repeat this prayer out loud after me if you would not mind. Say, dear Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I admit I've made mistakes. And today I give you my heart. I give you my life. Give me the power to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. And come on, let's lift our heads up and clap our hands with enthusiasm.